0: Hey guys, welcome to Photos by Mike's podcast, where we discuss entertainment news, entertainment equipment, and current events. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's topic. Hey guys, good day, it's Mike again, and today I'm going to go a little bit off script, s- script, excuse me. Um... I usually do current events and entertainment news and media and and current events. But um today what I'm going to do is go back a little bit in history. San Diego itself has a great history of especially wartime stuff. So I'm going to go back to 1942-43 area, maybe a little bit before that, and we're going to discuss a certain entrepreneur And he was one of the first black entrepreneurs in the United States that really had a successful business that was not minority-wise or not um, taken by all blacks, all whites, or anything. But it was taken by all kinds of races. And he won awards for this. So today I'm going to do a little bit of. Uh, reading, because I want to make sure that the story itself is delivered to you guys in the best way possible. So I wrote this out, and hopefully everything will come out great. So we're gonna talk about the Pacific Parachute Company, which is still around today. Um, not the actual um, company, but the um, the building itself is still in San Diego. And it can be seen, it's it's off of 8th and and Market Street in San Diego. So, um, we'll go right into it. So, officers at the Pacific, or the Standard Parachute Corporation must have been surprised when Howard Skippy Smith, that was his middle name, or his nickname, Skippy, uh, asked for a job, not a menial position, but one of real involvement in the enterprise, surprised because Skippy was an Afro-American from whom which such non-menial openings at the time were almost non-existent, but he had a unique, he had unique credentials. He was an accomplished parachutist, arriving in Los Angeles from deep in the south, Birmingham, Alabama in the nineteen thirties in the late nineteen thirties he became um, he became obsessed with parachuting and his close friend Matt gravel purchased parachutes and enrolled in the school for novice having learned the rudiments they joined a group of barnstormers calling themselves skip and skippy now back then Let's look at it they They had to buy a parachute, and a parachute cost around two hundred and eighty five dollars back then, which is equivalent to about around fourteen hundred dollars now, so they spent. they had to save up money to get these parachutes so that they could go skydiving in publicity for sure, describe um uh, landings. Or The performance as courageous, delayed shoot openings, free fall, breakaway jumps, and spot landings are some of the feats in which these the great acclaim for these two young Negro boys. Technically, or tragically, the team of Skip and Skippy came to a sudden finale in 1939 when Skip Gravel was killed when his parachute failed to open it. Skippy Smith continued on. Soon after Standard Parachute Corporation started in business, Skippy was knocking on the door. Despite some misgivings by other employees, he was hired as a drop tester and packer working in the the field with other men. And these other men were white men. So their misgivings were that here's this Negro thinking that he could go ahead, come in and just become uh, a high employee in this company here in San Diego. Um, he later became the country's first black supervisor, being promoted to be an assistant inspector overseeing the production of hundreds of predominantly white women that were employed in the factory, manufacturing parachutes. While working there, he also was still involved in, in the Hollywood Air Show, which later became known as the Parachute Circus, presenting with a number of other performers Jumping demonstration over vacant land between Linda Vista and Camp Elliott, in the vacant in the vicinity of what is now Miramar or Marine Air Station. It was naval, but it's now marine. Having argumented augmented his skills, his aerial skills with ground level production knowledge, and recognizing the huge wartime demand. For parachutes of all sizes, Smith proposed to Colonel Fortin Fortin Leroy, excuse me if I get the name wrong, the president of Standard Parachutes, that he become a subcontractor for the manufacture of small suits and shoots. Impressed with his abilities and perseverance, Fortin Leroy agreed. But Skippy Smith had no funds to finance his dream. So immediately he went to Los Angeles to see an an acquaintance, Afro American actor Eddie Rochester Anderson, known to almost everyone as Jack Benny's radio sidekick, would be interested. And Rochester was interested and he invested three thousand dollars. Now three thousand dollars back then is equivalent to forty seven thousand dollars in today's money the company was named the Pacific parachute company for the new venture Smith rented all three floors of a building at 627 8th Avenue near market Street a couple of blocks north of standard parachute facilities the 28 year old man was a was now in business a week after opening Two formal dedications of the undertaking took place On March 26, 1942, one ceremony being in the afternoon at the plant attended by white paratroopers, Negro guardsmen, religious and civic leaders, and another was held in the evening at the Memorial Junior High School Auditorium in Logan Heights with a similar turnout. Speaking at both were Colonel Forth Fort Leroy, Skippy Smith, and Eddie Rochester Anderson, who was met at the Santa Fe train station with great fanfare and then led by the police and escorted to the to the plant. The business was dedicated to Skippy, close friend, and jumping partner, the late Skip Grobel. Personnel at the parachute company, uh, the Pacific Parachute Company, consisted mainly of women operating sewing machines, cutting skills, or cutting silk and clothing and cloth, and performing related tasks. As one of the first, if not, the first African-American wartime materials manufacturers in the nation, Smith was urged by others, minority community, to hire only blacks. But Smith refused, stating, in effect, that he would not be party to participating in prejudice and discrimination. The result was diverse workforce of African American, Mexican, Brazilian, Filipino, West Indian, and Caucasian, a truly integrated group for the era, when such desegregation was rare. His virtue has been described as one of the most ambitious ambitious entrepreneurial endeavors by African-American in San Diego up to that time, earning the title of Top Black-Owned Business in the United States in 1943 from Time Magazine, and was awarded the National uh, Negro Business League Sprawling Award for Achievements in Business at a ceremony held in Baltimore, the same year Rochester was honored with the trophy from the San Diego Merchants and Manufacturers Association for achievements in manufacturing, for other, for the promotion and of racial understanding. Full-size pers- personal parachutes were not produced by Pacific Parachute Company. Instead, manufacturing was concentrated on small parachutes, usually about 8 to 16 inches in diameter, intended for service as pilot chutes to expedite expedite deployment of larger chutes and others for use in bombs and flares. An estimated 50,000 such parachutes were produced during the first year of business. By the second year of business, however, production contracts slowed as the end of the war was on the horizon. The Pacific Parachute Company closed in 1944 and moved its operations to Los Angeles, terminating its unique contribution to San San Diego's racial relations and war effort. So, just to let let you know what these small parachutes do, we call them drogue chutes in aviation. What they would do is these parachutes would be deployed first because they're smaller and would open faster and actually help pull the parachute from the satchel that the parachute was in to help it deploy faster. Um, on bombs, there's smaller parachutes. The, the bigger of the smaller parachutes would be used to slow the bomb down and bring it down straight down also it's used to deploy um small armament or small um cache of weapons that would be in boxes that would drop from the sky to help supplies so that's what those shoots were for also you have to remember in a time that was really racist even though california it's not seen as being a racist state. It was racism. Because that was not the way things were done back then. But he picked the right place. The right time. And he went for it. So anybody can do what they need to do. If they believe. That's my message for the day. I hope you enjoyed our show. And I hope to get back to you guys later on. Well I will get back to you guys next week. So. As always, I'm Mike of Photos by Mike, making life stand still, one picture at a time. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to my YouTube channel, and listen to my podcast. We're on iHeartRadio, Podcast, Google, Google Pod, Google Pod, and uh, Radio FM, or Player FM. So, we'll catch you later we hope you've enjoyed this podcast please come and join us again on iHeartRadio Podbean Amazon Music or Player FM app